We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, some of the Oilers' big guys came through. I also thought the, the depth guys did their jobs. Pretty good team effort again, kind of like the game against Washington. But a key moment in this game, Tampa Bay scores. They get a power play out of it because Malone bumped Sergachev after the goal was scored. Then CeCe gets a penalty. So, I mean, we got to remember something here. It's 4-1 in the final with 9.41 to go. The Oilers had a one-goal lead. And Tampa Bay had a five-on-three for a minute 23. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> at that point, you're thinking, oh, my goodness. The Edmonton Oilers, 30 seconds before this, had this game completely in control. And uh, a, a mistake that allows Bogosian to walk right in. Uh, an, uh, an undisciplined penalty by a fourth-line player. And uh, then... Uh, Kucherov makes a great play, and all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, how did we, how did this fall apart on us? But the Oilers dug in, and they dug in with great penalty killing. The the three players that were out there, and CeCe would have been one of the guys on the ice too, so one of their main penalty killers not out there, but their penalty killers came up big. They got the saves that they needed uh, and deserve it, the, the victory. But yes, that moment right there uh, will go a long way as a confidence builder for this team. When they face stress, for the first time in this game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Edmonton Oilers played their best. So uh, uh, give credit to the penalty killers. The, the penalty killers have not been good for the Edmonton Oilers for a long stretch here. But in a moment where the game was on the line, their penalty killers got it done. Yeah, and that's ultimately a big part of the story. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Tampa Bay 0 for 4 in the power play. The Oilers got seven power plays. Man, of all the nights for Bob not to be in the building. <laughs> but uh, one for seven on the power play. Dangerous at times, maybe a little sputtering at other times. They do get the one power play goal but uh, I mean I think talking about the special teams again the PK probably turned out to be uh, bigger than the power play tonight but the the McDavid power play goal in the final minute of the second period made it 2 nothing. It, it was a huge moment in the game uh, again the Tampa Bay Lightning did not they didn't bring their A game and uh, they would have went in after the period that the Oilers had in the first period if they would have went in just down the one uh, I, I think they it would have it would have been unfair uh, and that goal by McDavid, and it was a thing about the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have arguably the best defenseman in the league in Hedman. Hedman gets beat one-on-one -on -one by Connor McDavid. Now, that's a forward turning the puck over, but McDavid walks him. And just before Connor McDavid scored the power play goal, Hedman has the puck on his stick and doesn't get it out. Barry keeps it in at the blue line. Five seconds later, McDavid scores a goal. Beautiful shot, but a huge moment. So the the Oilers' power play, it didn't produce the numbers they wanted in this game, but it produced at a big moment and gave the Edmonton Oilers that big two-goal lead. Well, and you mentioned the turnovers, a turnover by the Lightning on the dry settle breakaway. The, the first drop pass worked. The second one didn't, and, well, and ultimately... The Oilers managed the puck better tonight oh, than the Lightning. It wasn't even close. Well, the first one, drop pass worked because it was Kucherov doing it. Second one by Rudin, that's not your play. I mean, put the puck on net. Uh, sloppy. The, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a championship team back-to-back, -back, and they are deserving, and they were fantastic in the playoffs. But in this game tonight, they were sloppy and they were undisciplined. Seven penalties they take tonight, and probably four of them were terrible. They just uncalled for. And... Not, I mean, Rudin had a rough night for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's the one that turned the one over for Le to Leon Dreisaitl. But it wasn't just depth players. Kucherov did not look like Kucherov. Braden Point, and I'm a big fan of Braden Point, that, he was uh, awful in this game. He just about killed himself crashing the boards by himself where he, he toe-picked. Uh, part of it is Tampa wasn't good, and then the other side of it is the Edmontoners put stress on them. They, they pressured them. This was a, a very good game by the Edmonton Oilers that the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, couldn't keep up for whatever reason it was. But yeah, the, you're, you're Jan Ruda. You get a drop pass from Nikita Kucherov, and you have 
a space to go to the net, you fire the puck on net. You don't turn it over. And there was zero players in the National Hockey League that were going to catch Leon Dreisaitl when he had nothing between him and the goalie. But, but you mentioned the Oilers putting the stress on mm -hmm. the Lightning tonight. 4-1, Edmonton wins it. And, and I think we're seeing the effect of something more resembling a full lineup for the yep. Oilers. Now, still... Nugent Hopkins out and still pull the RV out. And again, who knows when those guys come back, if there might be other bumps and bruises to deal with. But that's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. I, I thought every – we'll concentrate on the forwards first because we've talked so much about them. And I know there was some high ice time for the star players. Yep. The special teams played into that. But I thought you could look at every player – and say, well, they did something up for Cassian hit. I mean, Archibald did his best to get involved, got into a fight. You know, Ryan had a had a couple of good plays. Uh, you know, Fogel drew a penalty and was, I think, better down low than he has mm -hmm. been in some other games. So I, I think we're starting to see that come together a little bit more for the Oilers. Well, you look at the start of the game, the, the hits on the one shift that Cassian threw. I think Cassian only played about seven minutes in this hockey game, which is shocking for the amount that you noticed him out there. But the one big hit that he threw early in the game was on Ian Ruda. And that completely threw that kid off his game. Uh, he, he took some dumb penalties, retaliating. He turned the puck over. A couple of other chances he got had to get the puck out. He couldn't get the puck out. And I, I honestly believe it was just the, the first couple shifts when he was just physically abused by Cassian that it, it just got him off of what he's capable of doing because he's a good defenseman, but he wasn't tonight. So the fourth line did what it needed to do. Uh, smart plays. Malone on a three-on-two. Goes far post that turns into a scoring chance for Archibald. Archibald, little physical, and the thing that they wanted from him is that little tenacity on the fourth line. Well, he, he came off the, t the top uh, what is it? Those top rope, top rope to jump on top of Sergeyev and and, and and get into a fight. Those are the things that you need out of your bottom six players. Their stars were their stars. Uh, this was a, it was a four-one game that could have been six or seven-one if it was not for the play of Elliott Net. And then you got your goaltender Koskinen, wasn't called upon as much tonight, but had to make two or three big saves and again gave them another quality start. So 4-1, the Oilers take it. We're going to give a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card to Glenn. Speaking of the physical play, Rob, I set the line at 12.5 before the game. Total hits by Archibald, Cassian, and Malone. Three for Arch, four for Cassian, three for Malone. It's 10 it's under, courtesy River Cree Resort oh, and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I think someone missed a couple. I thought Cassian had 10 on that one shift. <laughs> How many did they give Cassian tonight? Four. Uh, there, I think he did have three on that first shift that he was out there. Well, he should get extra because some of them were really, really big. He knocked a few guys flying. There, well, there was a one, well, the one shift that they scored, that Bogosian scored the goal. Both Perry and I can't remember who the, the other player was got absolutely crushed. Malone nailed one guy and Archibald yeah. hit another. It was a, the, the fourth line was physical the way they needed to be. And... I'm not defending Malone because you can't push a guy celebrating nope. a goal. But actually, Maroon, I think, inadvertently bumped Malone as he was going to celebrate. And then Malone turned around and just saw Sergachev. Doesn't and, matter. And but, yeah, it's, yeah. A, oh, it's a penalty. I'm it, not well, yeah. it, because it's a one-goal hockey game with 10 yeah, minutes you to go the game. you got to turn away. No, I mean, how many times have we seen, and this is what I used to say to, to when I played, if, if, if a guy like Gretzky or McDavid or Drysaddle or Stamkos can take abuse and turn away from it, well, then, any player in the National Hockey League, if someone does something, take a number, get them later. You just can't put yourself and your teammates in a position that, that, that Malone did tonight where he gave the Tampa Bay Lightning a power play right after scoring a goal and putting that much more uh, stress on a, on a goaltender and on a penalty-killing unit. So I, that's a, a, those are the ones that you like as a coach. It's a learning moment for Malone in a victory. All right, James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results, stepping up with a $400 donation to 630 Chet Centers Anonymous. They give 100 bucks for every Edmonton goal. The final tonight, Edmonton 4, Tampa Bay 1. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Jay, you, you liked your game against the Lightning uh, on the road there a couple weeks ago. Is it better tonight? What did you think of the, of the uh, overall effort? Well, I, I liked the result tonight for sure. I thought I thought 
tonight it was a total team win, uh, got contributions up and down the lineup. Um, and it was nice to come out on top. I think if you look at the two games as a whole, we gave up 55 shots against um, in two games versus Stanley Cup champions. So uh, a lot of good things defensively um, in both games. Um, but like I said, really enjoyed the result tonight. Um, dating back to that Tampa game, you played a lot of these top teams really tough regardless of the result. Obviously, you said you liked the result tonight. How close do you feel like you are to kind of joining those top teams in the league? Well, I think um, we spent a lot of time over the last three and a half weeks or so on uh, rounding out our five-on-five -five game, specifically defensively five-on-five, -five, and um, we haven't given up a lot. Uh, despite the, the teams that you mentioned. Um, so I think that's a positive sign for our team because I think as you work your way down a stretch run and into um, playoff rounds, it comes down to your five-on-five -five game. So it's, a, it's positive that we're dialing that in. Um, you know, is there other parts of our game that can improve? Yes, there are, but um, I really liked our penalty kill tonight. Really liked the fact that we found a way to score a big goal on the power play as well. Jay, with that even strength game, are you are you feeling like night in, night out, you're starting to develop, you've kind of developed that template, like you kind of have a bit of reliability in that part of your game now? Yeah, and you know, I, I wouldn't use the word formulaic or, or recipe, but it, we have a way that we want to play the game and we want, you know, it's the right way of playing hockey, which is um, limiting um, the chances that you're giving up and trying to create more than than the other team. And, and uh, we had, I think we had 49 shots on net tonight. That's a real positive sign offensively. We hit numerous posts and crossbars, um, but you know, we, we head into that third period against the two-time Stanley Cup champions, and I thought we played a really mature uh, third period. It didn't go exactly according to script. There were some high drama moments, but uh, we found a way to, to get the win. You had a lot of players that played really well tonight, but McDavid just kind of seemed to have it on tilt, and that puck was on his stick all night. Uh, what do you say about that performance from him? Yeah, I think he's driven to win, driven uh, to lead this team forward, to continually push uh, um, the needle or move the needle uh, to get this team where it needs to get to. And, and I thought he led by example tonight. He was uh, extremely dangerous with the puck on his stick. Uh, I l enjoyed his defensive details over the last while. Um, and, and, you know, he scored the first two goals on difference-making plays. They were fantastic goals. Um, you know, I'd also point out that I thought Leon Dreisettle had a really good game as well. Um, Leon, uh, you know, helped us kill off that five-on-three penalty kill and then the individual effort on, on the third goal, just phenomenal. So those two leaders led the way up front. And then you look at some of the warriors that we have on the back end in terms of um, Darnell Nurse and Duncan Keith and, and CeCe and these type of guys that uh, really laid it on the line. And uh, with the leadership like that, um, everybody else uh, followed. Jay, what are your thoughts on Roman Claus' play tonight? I know he's improving ever uh, as the season continues. What are your thoughts on his play tonight, Coach? Well, I think Ryan, uh, his confidence level is growing um, every day. Uh, he's figured out that he belongs in this league, that he can not just play in this league, but he can be a good player in this league. Uh, I think that confidence comes through his preparation, through his work and practice, and some of the reps that he's getting in the top six over the last three weeks. Uh, I've used him on the penalty kill, used him on the power play. I feel very good when Ryan McLeod's on the ice. Jay, this is an important homestand for you guys. And you guys were on a little bit of a skid, thick in the playoff picture, and you guys come out on top against two very tough opponents. What did these last two games show you as a coach of that group? There you go again, talking about the big picture. Uh, well, for us, uh, as you know, it's, it's been our mantra that we're just taking care of the day's business. And, uh, you know, uh, I thought uh, we played a good game against um, Washington. 
And uh, again, there was a little bit of adversity towards the end of the game there, but we found a way to win it. But we had a really uh, good practice yesterday that set us up for success today. And um, I just think our team is playing towards an identity that will help us be successful long term. Does it mean we're putting up wins every single night or putting points in the bank every, every single night? I don't know. I can't guarantee that but I, I know that if we play um, the way we've played tonight most nights that we're gonna set ourselves up for success you talk about Josh Archibald tonight he only played six and a half minutes but he was certainly involved certainly in that yeah. melee there yeah yeah he was involved in the melee he played on the penalty kill he um, also had a prime scoring chance where he rang it off the post I, I liked his speed I thought he had good energy he's a great teammate on the bench um, cheering his his uh, his teammates on and uh, you know that Josh Archibald was in the game tonight. And it was an unfortunate in a way, all those penalties, you know, Zach Cassian really started to lay the body on early in the game, but he had all those penalties, and he couldn't get back on the ice in the first period. Yeah, yeah, actually I tried to sneak him on a couple shifts with Connor just to get his legs back up and running. And I thought he, when he was moved up like that, he, uh, he gave us some good minutes as well. Yeah, those are things beyond anyone's control when you're in, uh, in a special team teams filled game you're just trying to make sure that you're spreading the minutes out and uh, I thought we did a good job of that tonight uh, and Miko Koskinen just keeps rolling along yeah yeah I think he's uh, he's certainly been playing well even before um, I've arrived in Edmonton um, so he should feel very confident in his personal game I know the team feels very confident in his game and uh, give us a good chance to win tonight uh, one last question. Um, how scary is it when you, you seem like have, you have the game under control, it's 2-1 and then it's a 5-on-3? Well, it's not a good story unless there's some drama to it, right? And, uh, you know, the, you know there, that, that play, the, it was a goal against and then into a penalty kill and then into a 5-on-3, I don't think it's scary. I think we have the people that uh, that can get the job done, and they got the job done tonight, so um, proud of them. Answer lots of questions on After Hours. Sorry? Answer lots of questions on After Hours. All right. Okay, talk to you. Bye. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers beat the Lightning 4-1 tonight at Rogers Place. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, you can go to 630Ched.com, look for the Japanese Village Goal Light, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. You will also hear from both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, both excellent tonight. And, of course, Rob and I are happy to chat with you on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Kalorn against the Yamamoto. Held in for the moment by Perry. Gets it back, twists it. Open man, shot, save Koskinen. Point blank denial of Alex Kalorn. Well, Miko Koskinen gets the win. That's his save of the game for Reface SML Magic. Transform your kitchen with me. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. 4-1. The Oilers beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Koskinen, his 77th win as an Oiler. He passes Curtis Joseph for 7th all-time. He's one behind Dwayne Rolison, who is in 6th. We have talked so much about Miko Koskinen over the years, Rob Brown. I would say this is his best stretch as an Oiler. He's 9-1-2 and two in his last 12 starts. And big picture, and of course there's been some tough, there's been some big bumps along the way. I mean, we know when he has an off night, it, it can be an off night, but I'd, I'd put him again and again on Tuesday. And his record for the season is 21-9-3. I mean, I think if you told people at training camp that we we're going to be in the middle of March, and he'd be 21-9-3, I think everybody would have taken that. 
Well, especially you start thinking about, uh, I mean, being booed, the articles being written about him, social media being talked about him. This is a guy that the majority of Oil Town wanted no longer on the team in December. Uh, and you just look at it, this is a, look at his record. And this is a guy that nobody wanted, and people wanted him in the minors, wanted him traded, wanted him anywhere but here. And just think where the Oilers would be if we didn't have Koskinen and the way he's played over the last month and a bit. Uh, he was excellent. He, he's uh, it's been an up and down year, but his stats don't lie. And uh, this is guy who's supposed to be a backup goaltender with that kind of record. I mean, if you look, for example, Elliot, the, the, the goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, their backup, he's only played about 12 games this season or something along that line. And the majority of his starts, I looked before the game, were against the Buffaloes, the New Jerseys, the Ottawas, you know, teams at the bottom of the standings. Miko Koskin hasn't had that luxury because of injuries, because of COVID, because of poor play by Mike Smith. He's played against all the, te- all the best teams in the National Hockey League. And there were stretches that he lacked confidence and, and he wasn't good. And a lot, a, a large part of that was on the fact that he was being overplayed and that's not where his strength is. But he's in a stretch right now where he's given them quality starts each and every night. I agree. He plays on Tuesday again because he's He's the goalie right now that gives him the best chance of winning hockey games. And then after that, then you can start looking at the schedule of when you're going to get Mike Smith in. But with the rest he's going to have between now and Tuesday's game, yeah, he's my starter next game. All right, let's go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Dylan standing by. Good evening, Dylan. Thanks for giving us a call. Go ahead. With over 490 locations and a nationwide service warranty. Sorry, do we have Dylan on the open line? Always Let's give that one from Cat. There we go, Dylan. Uh, please, please, Dylan. Sorry about that. Please start over. We had a bit of a glitch there, so go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, no problem. I, I just asked how you guys were doing, and I heard nothing, so I go, I just started talking. Oh, okay, but. yes. Well, keep talking. <laughs> no, anyway, yeah. You know, I think there's um, we got a good foundation here, and I like I like what we saw from Cassian tonight. You know, getting in there, getting greasy. You know, making some plays, and you know that's what we need. You know, because if we want any hope. To make the playoffs, it, we're going to have to get a bit rough and get excited. Um, and, you know, it's going to come from the guys like Cassian. Um, overall, Tampa was a bit tired. But you know what? you got to come in and you got to win these games. you got to win games and get points down the stretch here. It's just like Jack Michael says, down the stretch. And that's exactly what we got to do. Big playoff run coming. Probably not. Calgary's going to smoke us. But here we go. Big playoff run coming. All right. <laughs> I mean, he made a good point there, Reid, about Cassian's game tonight. Cassian has lacked consistency, I would say, over the last number of years. Yep. But when he plays like he did tonight, he can change the complexion of a hockey game. Uh, When he's not in the lineup, we're missing that kind of Zach Cassian. Uh, And tonight it was only seven minutes of ice time, yet people leaving here tonight would have thought he played 10 or 15 simply because he was noticeable. And there's been too many games this year where he hasn't been as noticeable as he was tonight. But uh, he he set the tone in this hockey game. And the rest of the team followed. And that's what he's capable of doing. I see him probably, as this team goes forward, as a fourth-line player just because of the depth that they have now. But on the fourth line, he can do what he did tonight. And we've seen in the National Hockey League playoffs, fourth lines play and fourth lines contribute, whether it's through physical play, uh, special teams, or big goals at big moments. That's what the Oilers need, what they got out of him tonight. Well, and like Woodcroft said, he was trying to find him more ice time. He put him out yeah. there with uh, with McDavid mm-hmm. and uh, and Kane early in the second period. The, obviously, all the penalties tonight disrupted yep. a lot of things. I, you know, fair question. I mean, the, Dylan said big playoff run, but Calgary's going to smoke us. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We have no idea if the Oilers are going to make it and who they'll play. Um, but... With Cassian and Archibald back and the addition of Kane, mm-hmm. those are three players the Oilers didn't have in the first half of the season yep. that can play heavier. I, I mean, Kane gets involved, and you can, we've seen some teams that you can tell don't like there's him. baggage there. Yeah. They don't like him <laughs> from other encounters. So there is a little bit more of that element. Well, and as we've seen in, in the past, that's how playoff hockey is. You need to have a little edge have a little nasty in your lineup. Um, things are a little more lenient in the way of referee calls 
So you got to have players that are capable of playing that. And uh, that's our, that fourth line that we had tonight is capable of, of doing that on a, hopefully on a nightly basis. Having said that, when the Oilers get completely healthy, there's going to be decisions that are going to be made by the coaching staff, which is good. Uh, because there's going to be good players that aren't in the lineup if this team is fully healthy. Speaking of the Flames, they beat the Red Wings 3-0 tonight as we go to the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Also, the Kraken win 4-3 in a shootout at Montreal. Blackhawks take out the Senators 6-3. Devils get by the Ducks 2-1 in a shootout. Rangers beat the Stars 7-4. That's big. I'll tell you why in a minute. Sharks shut out the Kings 5-0. That's also Helpful for Edmonton, though they're uh, still a bit behind Los Angeles. Bruins over the Coyotes, 3-2. Hurricanes beat the Flyers, 3-1. Blues knock off the Predators, 7-4. The Oil Kings win yet again. Only 14 in a row, Rob. 5-1 <laughs> over Swift Current. I believe uh, Mooner was saying Swift Current got the, the one goal one in the final second, second or something like that. Uh, at the Briar, Cooey beat Botcher, 9-7. I thought it was 9-6, but I guess they gave Botcher... Uh, one in the in the tenth end, even though he ran out of stones. So Cooey goes to the final. Botcher and Gushu in the semi. Uh, I, like the big names, it's just insane. Well, what's so funny? I don't know if you're following this, but Gushu's third is out. Yeah, they played with three guys, and they don't have an alternate. Yeah, so they, they played, played with three guys today. So they so did one sweeper. Too. Yeah. So they've had twice now. They've had to play with three guys. So you wonder if fatigue will be a factor at some point, but. It is pretty cool that you can play shorthanded and still have success like Gushu has. So here are the standings. In the Pacific, Calgary 79. I don't think they're being caught, Rob. No, I don't think so. They're so good. They'll, they'll get the number two seed because uh, Colorado will get the number one. So Colorado will play the the second wildcard team. Calgary will play the first wildcard team. L.A. has 72. Edmonton has 68 with a game in hand on L.A. We'll see. Yeah, if they can very get up capable, there, we'll focus yeah. on that. And uh, do the Oilers do play L.A. again, don't A couple they? times, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then right now, Nashville has 70 for the first wild card. Vegas has 68 for the second wild card. Edmonton's placed ahead of Vegas because they have a game in hand. And now Dallas drops out with 67 points. Now here's Dallas's advantage. Three games in hand on Vegas, two games in hand on the Oilers. But if the Oilers can stay ahead of Vegas, then they don't have to worry about the wild card. Well, to me... It the, the division is the way to go. I, I, I do believe that for the others because I, I wouldn't want to be the second wild card team. I, I don't want to play Colorado in the first round. I'd rather win, get in the division. And right now the others, uh, they have belief. I mean, they, pro they probably do will say, yeah, we can catch Calgary, but they certainly can catch L.A. if they continue to play the way they're doing. Uh, the others have put together two really, really good games in a row against quality opponents. They just got to carry that same sort of intention, intensity and urgency against the, the, the teams that are a little below them in the standings that they'll play before the trade deadline. But uh, the others are getting healthy. They're playing well, getting good goaltending at the right time. Well, and Bob and I have talked about it on face-off shows. Like, like we both think this has to be a seven-point homestand. So you already got four against the, the two best teams so now you got to take advantage of the teams that are lower down in the standings and detroit did did not have much going tonight against the oh they were horrible hey, but I, even though it was close for most of the well game. i did say to to jack they said this the the flames might lose this i mean the shots were 32 to well, five you worry that and it was one nothing yeah go in. well and actually detroit came out and had a couple good chances at the beginning of the third period calgary the calgary flames are good they have a very good team the detroit red wings ran into a good team tonight and they weren't good uh, their goaltender kept them in a hockey game that they did not deserve to be in. Uh, and it, the vaccination thing, Detroit's best player won't be playing here on Tuesday as Bertuzzi's unvaccinated, can't cross the border. That's a big loss for the Detroit Red Wings. Okay, Oilers win 4-1 over the Lightning. Let's go back to the CertainTeed hotline and welcome Ethan to the show. Ethan, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. With, uh, I think Koskinen had a great game there and the last two games he's played phenomenal for what he's been right he's not he wasn't expected to be a starter at the beginning of the year i don't think but you know with the situation he's in i think he's been doing a great job and i just wanted to see what you guys had to say because do you think he's having a better time now with uh tippet gone because he kind of lit a fire underneath of him you know throwing him under the bus and in interviews and stuff so i was just gonna try to get your guys' two cents on that here 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, Tippett said that they, and I think Eve Koskinen said too, that they, they ironed that out after there was that little back and forth. But you never know. I mean, some individual, I mean, we've talked about Derek Ryan. Sometimes an individual yep. will benefit from a, a coaching change, whether it's... Uh, well, it goes both you know, ways, And it yeah. doesn't mean one person necessarily was right or wrong. In this nope. I mean, you didn't like what Tippett said. No, I thought at, it was... At the time. I how, thought it was like wrong. How, how he said it, but... Having said that, um, Koskinen was struggling before that. That didn't create Koskinen's struggles. Right. The reason he said it was because Koskinen had been good for a while. You just don't say that. You don't call a player out publicly like that. It's a team game. If you want to say it, you can say it in the dressing room. You can say it in front of the teammates, but you don't say it in public. Uh, players, yeah, some players love a coaching change. and others, it affects the other way. Some players don't. Some players lose ice time when the coaches are are, are fired. So uh, Koskinen has benefited and has been very, very good as of late, and the Oilers have desperately needed that. Yeah, and, and I mean, the Oilers are giving up. They're certainly not perfect. They've had some tough moments, but they're giving up fewer odd man rushes and open chances. Yep. Generally. Yeah. It, it was under Woodcroft than they were the, near the end of Tippett's tenure. Oh, for sure. So that helps a goalie as well. Now, again, I would – you got another two days off. Mm-hmm. No, nothing tomorrow. They'll practice Monday. I'd play Koskinen Tuesday. I would too. And then you're probably going to need Smith two of the next four games because you're going Thursday, Saturday afternoon, back-to-back Monday, Tuesday. So – Smith is still going to have to play, and now, oddly enough, he's the bi- I think he's the bigger question mark for most fans. Yep. That Koskinen. Well, I agree. I, Koskinen is your is your starter right now, and Smith has yet to find his game. Uh, there's the hope that Smith will find it, and they'll be able to have confidence in both goaltenders down the stretch and in the playoffs. But right now, that's not the case. Right now, Smith has not been the same goalie that we saw last year. Injuries and. Well, lots of injuries have just plagued him, and, and illness has plagued him. But uh, I, I think going into the playoffs, if the Oilers are going with these two goaltenders, they would like Smith to find his game before they get there to have the ability to throw Smith in a game if they're, if Koskinen falters at all. All right, let's also get Greg in on the uh, Certainty Hotline. Greg, go ahead. Hey, hey, guys, how's it going? I just got a couple uh, quick questions, and then I have a statement I want to ask. Um According to the NHL website, it says the Oilers were 0 for 7 on the power play tonight, but didn't McDavid score a... They were, they were 1 for 7. Okay. They were absolutely and, 1 for 7. Okay, and also, um, since 2016, uh, the Briar, uh, there's only been three skips to win it. That's uh, Kui, uh, Gushu, and uh, Botcher. But uh, the, the one thing that I that I wanted to, to discuss with you guys was that... Um, you know, uh, and this is this is what Kelly Rudy said, and this, and and, uh, and I uh, it's quoted. It says, "Edmonton Oilers fans have really recognized he's an excellent excellent goaltender, i.e. Koskinen. He can't, he just can't be overworked, and then he tires out, and mentally the game gets the best of him. But he is a really solid NHL goaltender. Mm-hmm. I do not agree with that at all. And the stat that you guys threw out tonight." Of twenty-one, nine, and three. Okay, that's great. But how many goals did we have to score um, for for us to get some of those wins? Right, especially at the beginning of the season when teams are just starting to gel. And 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 you know what to say after ten games. You know that's when you 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 know what team you have. So some of those stats and, and that that win, the 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 twenty-one, nine, and three record doesn't necessarily. Um, in my opinion, um, make him, you know, a great goaltender, right? No, there so. was a stretch where the Edmonton Oilers lost seven straight with Koskinen as a goal, and they scored eight goals. So it goes both ways. I mean, there was there was games where he was playing well, and the Oilers couldn't score. I I do believe Koskinen is a good one B goaltender in the National Hockey League. He's a quality goaltender in this league. I I I put it this way: I agree with everything that Kelly Rudy said, and I will trust Kelly Rudy's judgment on goaltending more than I will on most other people simply because he knows the game. He's been around the game forever. And if Kelly Kelly Rudy says that Koskinen is a quality NHL goaltender, I got 100% um, belief that Kelly made the right call. Well, yeah, but is he uh, taking yeah, us to the playoffs? Pardon me? Is he taking us to the playoffs? Is he gonna, I, I've said since day one that the Edmonton Oilers are going to make the playoffs. And right now Koskinen's your starter, so yes. 
he's he's gonna he's he, he's gonna win us a cup. He, no, he's you gonna, never asked that. You asked me if he. No, but is he gonna is, is he gonna be the guy we rely on to take us to the promised land, or or do we just because he has a win streak going on and he's playing excellent right now, based on his previous who, three well, who, years where, experience? Who are your choice? Okay, who do you want as your goalie? Well, we have we have no choice this season at all. In the off season, yeah, we'll have to do something. But, but with the goaltending tandem, I, 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 I put Skinner in it. Honestly, I why, would. Uh, why would you put Skinner in it ahead of the guy that's just gone, got you points in twelve straight games or whatever it is? Well, how many soft goals does he have in every game? His glove hand needs a. He's, he's, he, 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 he's still winning. He's still winning. He just beat the two-time defending champions tonight. But history, though, history. Yeah, but history. you don't go on history. You go on what happens now. The best. No, Rob, that's not true. You go on history. We know who he is for the last three and a half years. For playing, he does so not you'd play rather play. Well, so you'd not... want to play Skinner that's on Tuesday. That's not what I'm saying. Well, well that's what I'm real for words in my mouth. But you just the put guy, it in mind, though. You just put it in mind. I said Koskinen right now you play Koskinen because yes, he's the best goalie. That's what I just said. Right, but we also know his history, which factors into it, which he knows. we know that when he plays a lot, his game yeah, drops but I'm, off. Yeah, but when did I say we were going to play him a lot? I said Koskinen gives you your best chance. He gives you a better chance than Skinner right now. So that's why I said that. So yes, that's, but that's the history. Is, the worry this fan has is if can Koskinen uh, so play the, 12 out of 15 games at a high level? Can he play in a playoff series and I said, whatever's his head, choice. He's, this is our only choice. Well, probably, well, yes. That, so then I don't understand what you're arguing with me for. Because there's no other choice. So this, yes, I believe this, that this is your guy. And I go with him because he is your best choice right now. There's no Until you find another Bro, but goalie. But you said history doesn't count. Well, it every, doesn't. Every, you every, can't every, look at what happened this morning. Counts. Well, history, what he did at the beginning of the season doesn't mean you don't play him on Tuesday. Well, no, of course well, not. Well, that's what I'm but talking that's what about. I'm that's why fans are worried about him. Well, yeah, you can be worried about their defense for the Edmonton Oilers, too. There's a lot of worries you got. You can be worried about your power play. You can be worried about your penalty killing. But what you look at is right now. See, that's the difference between fans and players. Players look at what you're doing right now. They're not, they don't care what happened a month ago or two months ago. That dressing room only cares how they're playing right now. So they don't look at history. Well, I will say this. That is, that is interesting. Miko Koskinen's tenure as an oiler and how people remember him could be totally changed by how he plays over the next two to four months. That is really interesting. I mean, if he does play hot enough that they do something monumental in the playoffs and get in and do something monumental with Koskinen playing well, he's going to be remembered totally different than he has been for the last three and a half years. I do find that quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, the players find it the exact same. They all, they've had belief in Koskinen all along. It's just the fans haven't, and the media hasn't. Well, right, but why? Why You're making it sound like that's a bad thing. Like, well, it, that's based on observation. No, that's based on talking to players. No, I'm saying, okay, specifically, why have I said what I've said about Koskinen? Because of observation. Yeah, well, I, I told, I said all along that Koskinen gets tired. He said he's a 1B goalie. I said that. But it's, you don't look at what Koskinen did in December when you're based on what you're doing with him right now. You don't, you don't look at what Zach Cassian did in September. You're based on what he does right now. That's what coaches do. They play what, they go with what they're doing right now. They change. This is a different team than before. This isn't the same five-on-five five team. Still, so the you, ability you to handle the workload would still factor in for me if I was making that decision. Well, absolutely, but there's always going to be question marks till that player gets that opportunity. Now, the, if the others can go find a goaltender that's better, absolutely, go do that. There are better goalies out there than Koskinen, 100%. Well, they're probably not going to get one. No, that's why I keep saying that's right now your best choice is Koskinen. And you don't go on what he did in December. You go on what he did, does now. That's why he's your best choice. Because if we're going on history, well, then you got to play Smith because Smith was a better goalie than Koskinen. Do you think they'll bring Skinner up again? Uh, they will for the playoffs. Or is that they will for Smith's, the playoffs. And it all depends on Smith's play. It'll depend on Smith's play. If Smith struggles his next game, then, yeah, I would bring up Skinner. And I think you have to, especially because they have to play. Koskinen can't play the next four games. He's going to play two well, out of four. Well, they need two goalies. Yes. So if they're going to give Smith a game, and if if Smith struggles, then you have to make a decision. And I I don't know the salary cap implications. I don't know how they make it work or don't make it work. Skinner had to go down, and one of the reasons is bringing Archibald back. So there are salary cap issues that you can't have three goalies right now. I that's someone way smarter than me can figure that out. But I do believe that for the Oilers to make the playoffs. They have to have two goaltenders giving them quality starts. 
because the way the schedule is going to get again. They're going to a little, little lull right now, but eventually it's going to get busy again. And when it gets busy, we as we know Koskinen is a much better goalie with rest. And the problem right now is Mike Smith has not gotten anywhere close to where he was last year. So that's why Sp Skinner might be on speed dial if uh, Smith struggles in his next game. And the thing is, Smith's going to get a great opportunity because they are playing teams that are near the bottom of the standings. So you would expect a quality start out of them. And I think it'll become whatever game Smith plays, it'll be a very important game for for the Oilers, but it'll be an even bigger game for Mike Smith. All right, Oilers take it 4-1. You're going to hear from McDavid and Dreisaitl. A couple more phone calls as well. Oh, good morning. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Carried back the other way by McDavid. He's in. Richard score! McDavid drags it across the blue paint and tucks it inside the left post. He's 31st, and it's 1-0 Edmonton. Brilliant rush by McDavid. That got the scoring started in the first period. McDavid winds up with two. Dreisaitl scores. Yamamoto gets an empty netter. Bogosian had the only goal for the Lightning. 4-1 Edmonton wins. By the way, the Oilers are now 18-0 when they score the mm. first goal. They don't do it often, but when they do it, they win. Uh, McDavid, I mean, Rob, seven shots on goal. 21-49 uh, of ice time. 10 out of 15 in the face-off circle. Dominant game. He, he was. And it's funny. I've done a bunch of events. I've been fortunate to do events with Marty McSorley over the years. And he talked a lot about Wayne Gretzky, how in big moments when he played against other teams' greats, he, he mentioned going against Pittsburgh and Mario. Those were the nights that Gretzky had his best games. And tonight, Connor McDavid going against... Tampa Bay, who's won the back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. It's got Kucherov, who a fantastic player. It's got Stamkos, Braden Point, and then arguably the best defenseman in, in the world in Hedman. And Connor McDavid had one of those nights where he only ended up with a, the, you know, the, the two goals, but he easily could have had five or six points. He was jumping right from the very beginning. And uh, it's funny that... He, you watch highlights of them, and these teams from the East uh, have played them once or twice a year, but they, you never really can grasp at how quick he is and how fast he is, and he just kept turning pucks over in the offensive zone. Players would think, okay, I've got two steps, and all of a sudden there he's lifting your stick and stealing the puck again. Uh, he set the tone from the very first time he stepped on the ice tonight. He was the best player on the ice, and uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning had no answer for him. Speaking of turning pucks over, I thought Ryan McLeod had a really good game. It's funny. Jack and I talked about it during the telecast. Is when Jesse Pugliarvi comes back, that's another player that's played most of the season in the top six. And I know that you and Bob were talking about it before the game and uh, they, they, they're, whether they're going to find room for Jesse in the top six. Ryan McLeod's making a case that he belongs up there, that uh, he, he can play on, on Leon's line. He makes plays. He's becoming more assertive with the plays he's making. He's driving the net. And the one thing that he's got is world-class speed. And again, he's not Connor McDavid, but he turns, he, he creates turnovers just because he gets in on defensemen so quickly. They think they got that extra second to make a play, and all of a sudden he's there. So uh, McLeod, the goal-scoring ability will come because he gets a lot of chances, and he had some really good ones tonight. It, it just it takes one or two, and then you start to get a feel of what you're capable of, of doing, uh, the difference between the goalies here and in the minors. And once you gain that confidence, and you're playing with a player like Leon Dreisaitl, uh, the puck's going to start finding the back of the net. But, yeah, I agree. I thought Ryan McLeod over the last five to seven games, honestly, ever since the coaching change, you've seen a different player. It's because a coach has trust and confidence in him, and you're seeing that confidence uh, parlay into the type of player he's become on the ice. All right, we'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Donald standing by. Hey, Donald, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I hope they keep Thompson and that on Tuesday, but uh, Smith there, I hope he, uh, I'd rather put Skinner into Smith any day. It might happen. Uh, Smith's got to have uh, some good games coming up. Yeah, I don't have too much stress in him when I watch a game or this. Uh, Makes a person nervous. It just doesn't know if he's gonna win us a game or what. Hopefully, he does. But 
because we'll have to see the trade deadline. We could get a better goalie, have Koskinen and another goalie. Uh, the problem is, uh, A, you got to find a team that wants to make a trade with you. B, if it's a goaltender that has a no-trade clause, he's going to want to come to Edmonton. Um, we, uh, there's rumors that the two players, that the, or the two goalies the Oilers were interested in, Fleury and Varlamov, in the Islanders, uh, both do not want to waive their no-trade. Now, that could just be rumors, and, and we don't know if it's true or not. But it's not just like saying, hey, I want to go get that goal. you got to come to Edmonton. Uh, and it might not happen. And the three goaltenders the Oilers have may be the ones they have to rely on. And there will be teams in the National Hockey League playoffs that will have better goaltenders than Edmonton. But uh, hopefully, between the three of them, they can get enough quality starts uh, that they've been getting as of late to give them a chance at a run. Yeah, I would definitely put Koskinen on Tuesday. I mean, he's not yep. overtaxed at this point nope. because, like I said, there's another couple of days off. And then, like I said, back-to-back -back next Monday and Tuesday, you'd think they would split the guys. It is it is interesting, though, that how the dialogue has changed because for <laughs> much of the year it was, well, we got to call Skinner up to replace Koskinen, and now we're getting calls <laughs> and we're chatting about, well, we might have to call Skinner up to replace Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly hope that Smith finds his game and oh, that absolutely. the others can go with Smith and Koskinen because the one thing that Smith has is his ability to move the puck. And it's funny, in, in the game, is it, I, th I think it was tonight, where the Tampa Bay Lightning, when they were shorthanded, they had a wholesale change, and yeah. the puck went down to Koskinen. And they had, if he throws it up, he's got a 2 on 0 and Mike Smith would have been, he would have been racing to the puck to get it up quickly. Koskinen, obviously, that's not his strength and not even close to it. He just waits and lets the defenders come back. So you do miss that element without Smith in the lineup. Smith just needs to find his game to allow him to get back in there and do the other things that he does well. Oilers are 9-5-1 under Jay Woodcroft. Now for the season, 32-23-4. The Lightning are 37-15-6. and six. They have lost three in a row in regulation. It was already their longest regulation losing streak coming into the game. They did have a stretch uh, at New Year's where they had a loss, an overtime loss, and a loss. So they had one point out of six. Now they have Not only have they lost six. three straight, Reed, they've lost all three by three goals. Yeah, they haven't scored a ton. Have, well, no. I guess the first game they got a few goals. But yeah, but, and they just look sloppy. They this. For a team, and sloppy and undisciplined. Those are two things you wouldn't say normally about a Tampa Bay well, hockey club. I mean, the one penalty obviously was a terrible call. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Joseph tries to skate with the puck. By the way, CeCe might have done a little bit of that. The Tampa Bay – like, the, but that's the thing, though. The Tampa Bay – as soon as Hedman got the non-penalty, the Tampa Bay bench was going nuts yes. all the time. And CeCe may have taken a stride with it, but Joseph took three or four. But even that Bogosian holding penalty, he grabbed Fogel by the hips. Both his hands. He grabbed both hips. It's like he was dancing with them. And the problem on that one is Tampa had all five players back. And – it, it, nothing against Warren Fogle, but it's it's a third-line player that's not going to beat those other four guys. So it was just a silly play. Yeah, Ruda, uh, he, the flying elbow to, to Yamamoto, the getting beat at the blue line and then tripping Kane. So, I mean, just penalties you don't need to take, especially when you're playing against a team that has Leon and Connor, the two leading scorers in the National Hockey League, or close to it. I can't remember if Leon passed Huberdeau or not. But uh, they were undisciplined and sloppy. And, I mean, they have a... F they have a five-on-three for a minute and a half in a one-goal game late in a period that they don't in a game they don't deserve to be in, and they even on that five-on-three they looked disjointed, yeah. a couple bad passes. So it wasn't their best game, but it certainly was the Edmonton Oilers, and the the two points the Oilers got were much deserved. Yeah, 49-32 the shots for the Oilers tonight. Okay, we also have Andrew standing by. Andrew, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey boys. Um Got a question for you. Is it possible that Miko Koskinen potentially could play 60 games maybe one year? Is there something he can do to increase his stamina? So, Or is he it's just the way he is that's in his DNA? Oh, I th yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think at this point, I mean, he's in his 30s. Again, yeah. I, I think you're hoping. I mean, again, like I've said several times, and, and yeah, I have to give Crossan credit for what he's doing because I have criticized him at times. And I want him to prove everyone wrong. I'm, exactly. I well, so do I. So, and if he plays well, I'll be the first one to say he, he's shutting everybody up, me included. Uh, but, yeah. as I've said, if the Oilers make the playoffs, I, I think, and this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, Rob, I, I, I don't think it's unfair to say what if the Oilers make the playoffs and have good goaltending the rest of the season but then still have the 16th best goaltending in yep. the playoffs. Oh, that's absolutely. Or at least yep. on paper going in. Yep. No, you're right. I mean, 
all goaltenders, until they prove it in a big moment, have unknowns. And Koskinen certainly does. Um, uh, he, he, he hasn't won the confidence of the fans here in Edmonton, even despite this last little stretch. He hasn't put together any. I mean, obviously, in the playoffs, he played a what, couple games against Chicago when they lost out. Because uh, Smith started the play, first yeah, game. Then he played the last three and a half games. Yeah, and they yeah. lost that series to a team that they should have beaten. Yep. Uh, then last year, he didn't get into it because he was the he was the backup. Uh, so he hasn't proven he can do it on that stage. And it's a much... I mean, once it gets to the, the playoffs, most games that we see are one-goal games. Yeah. So one mistake can be the difference between a win or a loss. So... Uh, I just don't know if there is another option out there, if the Oilers are going to find one. And if not, as of right now, Koskinen gives you your best chance to win a hockey game. Well, that's the crazy thing about hockey, perhaps more than the other sports. Certainly players are often remembered by what they do in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the one caller mentioned Calgary. And Calgary's awesome. Oh, they got a great I team. Mean, I mean, yep. I honestly think, you know, I, I talked about this with John Shannon the other night, and he didn't quite agree with me, but I th- I do think Goudreau's a Hart Trophy candidate. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying he's going to win. I think but he is, too. people can vote for five players, I think he's going to get votes. I think he's in you your know, top Lind- five, yes. Lindholm, to me, should win the Selkie. He's uh, good. He's Sutter great. might win Coach of the Year. Barkster yep. might win the Vesna. Uh, but you know what's going to... If the Flames lose game <laughs> one... 3-1, and Goudreau doesn't have a point, and yep. Monahan doesn't. What's the storyline going to be? Well, Look at the Leafs. If the Leafs lose, mm-hmm. well, well, Math, well Matthew's like, but, and, it's, and we get the same thing here in Edmonton yeah, with some I of the guys, but so much gets placed on the playoffs. Well, right? it's funny, it, and Leafs, it, if the Leafs, honestly, the Leafs should lose in the first round because they're, they're well, going to be yeah, playing either Florida or, 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 or Tampa. Calgary, it's they have an easier road. Uh, whoever they play in the first round, it's not going to be Florida or Tampa. But you're right, and and it's the the pressure that comes with the moment, and the moment becomes is the moment too big for certain players? And Calgary, so far, the playoff moments have been too big for some of their players. Now, they are good, and the difference between them, they got they got great goaltending. Like Markstrom is a great goaltender that he can over. He might be Markstrom might in the playoffs give the star players enough of a runway define their game whether it's the first or the second or the third game because he's able to win games by himself yes uh so that's something that they they didn't have the last time they had their really good year they didn't have that great goaltending um but yeah it, you're always going to get questions <laughs> oh i know i know i didn't name names but um it, it, well colorado is colorado's goaltending good enough they got their team is great but is kemper good enough uh vegas vegas might not make the playoffs right now and they're both they've got goaltending questions so uh, goaltending is everything when it comes to the playoffs and last year the Edmonton the Edmonton Oilers played well against Winnipeg the Winnipeg Jets goaltending was fantastic in that series and it won them a couple games so uh it'd be the Oilers would love to have the chance to have all three goaltenders be really good going into the playoffs um but it, it from what it looks like and what it sounds like it might be these guys for the Oilers, they might not be making a trade at the deadline. Yeah, I for think goalie. I don't think they will. I, I think they might try to bulk up the defense a little bit, and that would help. It would. Oh, I. It's funny. I don't think they need more depth defense. They may need a top four defenseman because I think their depth defense. I think you've seen what these young players are capable of doing. If you get to your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth defenseman, well, it's good they've got experience. Yes, they that got is experience. the one good thing about this season that those guys are all going to play whenever they become full time NHLers, whether it's later this year or next year or whenever we've seen what some of them can do but yeah i mean i i I understand what like i understand the point you were making i i just say i I understand when people are nervous oh but you're right koskinen and now like i said now what you're hoping is koskinen plays the best he has ever has in an oiler for the next four months yep or however long (laughs) and and three months and if he looks fatigued that mike smith finds the form that he had last year i mean it's it's just rare that a team switches goalies <laughs> in the play. I mean, I guess the Penguins went from Fleury to well, last year, Murray that one year. But both Leonard and Fleury both played last year for Vegas because, the, remember, they didn't play yeah, Fleury that true. one game, yeah. and then his agent said something. Yeah. Um, but most championship teams, most, yeah. have a, a starter. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, just like all teams, have warts, but they have the best goalie in the world, and that got them through yeah. certain series last year. 
And again, the reputation. I mean, like if if Miko Koskinen two games in a row allows six goals, it's panic in oil country. If Vasilevsky two games in a row oh, yes. lets in six, the Lightning fans are sitting there thinking, yeah, but we know what we can do with well, the chips. But you also go in, in, in a series, there's a difference. If you're going into a series, if Tampa and Edmonton are playing each other, say, in a series, let's just pretend they're in the same division. Yeah. In the back of the Edmonton Oilers' heads is, okay, that Vasilevsky, he's good. Like, I mean, can we beat him four times? I mean, there's there's just like a small seed. Whereas on the other side, okay, we just we got to get on Koskinen. Okay, glove. I mean, they'll so just because you don't have a reputation yet as a big time goalie in big moments, the other team feels that they have an upper hand, and there will be teams that feel it. So the only way that you can correct that is you go out there and earn. You earn the respect of the other team, and that's what Koskin or Smith or Skinner, one of them is going to have but, to do. But, but, but you're saying, just to clarify what you were saying earlier, you think the Oilers players right now have full f- have total faith in Koskin? Absolutely, 100%. They're just like, he's going to, he's yep. got us. He's 100%. I do believe that. And I do believe, and I believe the coaching staff does do. Well, they have to. <laughs> no, they don't have to have it. They have to play him. They have to play <laughs> They don't have to have the confidence. <laughs> Because I don't know if Dave Tippett always did. So coaches don't always have the confidence. No, no, fair enough. Okay, let's uh, – big games for both of these guys. Oilers win 4-1 here, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Connor, I know uh, – I mean, you guys have been working on a lot of different parts of your game. Was tonight one of those nights where it felt like kind of all that work came together and, and everything just seemed to work for you in a lot of ways? Uh, yeah, I liked a lot of a lot of things about our game. Um, our power play still could have been better, I thought, but uh, you know we found a way to get a big goal there, and um, obviously our PK stepped up. You know that five on three was uh, was uh, was serious, and you know uh, Leo and Nursey blocking those, and and uh, Dunk doing a great job, and Meeks doing his thing. So you know, I thought uh, it was a well-rounded win. Leon, can you just evaluate what you think you guys did well tonight, and and is that one of your better games of the year? You think? Uh, yeah, like Connor said, I think it's just an all-around effort. Uh, PK was really good. Um, like he said, I think a power play could have been sharper, but we did score a big goal uh, to make it two nothing um, at the end of the second there. So you got to you got to find the right times to score sometimes too. So uh, we did that, and, and five on five, I thought we were really solid. Leon, can you describe how exhausting it is killing a five on three against a team that moves the puck as well as Tampa does? Yeah, you, you'd be surprised. You, you don't move that much, right? Um, you tr- you're trying to keep it tight, obviously. Um, really skilled players, they, they, they're going to try and find triangles and go through you. So the tighter you stay, uh, the, the better the chances are. And, and you obviously mo- don't, don't move too, too much. So um, I thought, yeah, I thought we did a good job. And on your breakaway, where you're always going to tuck it through his legs, or is that what he gave you? Uh, yeah, I just kind of read read the play and uh, you know decided last second uh, that's that's what I was going to go with. So um, fortunately, went in. I guess I would ask this uh, to Leon. Um, in recent weeks, you guys have played a lot of these tough teams really, really well, regardless of the result. Because of that, and, and tonight's game as well, how close do you feel like you are to those teams and, and being among the elite in the league? Yeah, I mean, th- th- those are the best best teams in the league, right? Uh, we, we've had a lot of them. Um, uh, against us in the last couple of weeks and, and we've played well every game um, uh, obviously we're, we're hurting a little bit right now um, you know it's, it's going to help us a lot when, when, when those top guys are coming back so um, but all in all uh, I think I think we're finding our, our, our gear here a little bit and, and uh, taking steps in the right direction uh, for Connor can you describe how the um the dynamic of the team and the dynamic of your game changes when you score first obviously now 18 and 0 when when doing that I'm not sure what it is. You know, I think we just uh, find a comfort level in our game, and you know, uh, obviously the start's important. You know, we haven't found a way to get uh, the first goal too many times, so when we do, we have to bear down and, and, and find a way to get a win. And um, you know, I thought we did a good job of that time. Connor McDavid, two goals. Leon Drysettle scores on a breakaway. Koskinen, 31 saves. Barry, a couple of assists. Yamamoto, an empty netter, and the Oilers have won. Two straight, 4-1 the final tonight over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Get more on this game, more on the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. If you have not already done so, move your clocks forward one hour. Big thanks to Troy Bowler.
our game day engineer here at Rogers Place and to Brendan Clack, our studio producer back at 6.30, Chet. Oilers win at 4-1 over the Lightning. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.